Week nine, what up? Welcome to the first and sixth podcast. If you were a our frequent listener, greatly appreciate the support. Please like and subscribe. If you're new to the show, please like and subscribe. Give me some feedback if there's some things you do like, don't like. Always appreciate any feedback we can get here. But let's get after the week nine slate. Week eight, uh, solid one. We talked about Dak being a, a really good fit in the model there. And if you read the article, he was one of the Favorite GPP plays there in addition to Mr. C.D. Lamb. Obviously, Trey McBride chalk just went absolutely nuts there in the fourth quarter. Um, it depends if you love to see it and like to see it. I faded in GPPs, played it in cash, so it kind of balanced itself out there, kind of hedging the way I play as I write about over at Wind Daily Sports. If you haven't yet checked out Underdog Fantasy for the weekly best ball for NFL or some of the golf tournaments, the showdown sites now, but I believe in 2024 will be full weekend best ball tournaments. Use the promo code BGP over there at Underdog for a 100% deposit match, I believe up to $500 still. So that's awesome. Let's get into the laundry list of injuries right now for week nine. Looks like for Atlanta, Drake London is going to be highly questionable with a groin. Keep an eye on that. Deshaun Watson for the Browns limited with the shoulder issue. I doubt he plays, but who knows? That's just me speculating, and do we even care? Um, the Browns are going to be a run-first offense, especially against Arizona's run D. That is second to last, I believe, in run defense DVOA. Uh, Damian Pierce on the wrong side of questionable, it looks like, with that ankle injury. Robert Woods is out, and uh, one of the O-linemans, I think the center, actually, Jarrett Patterson, is out and on IR, so... Houston pretty banged up, uh, should open things up again for Nico Collins and Tank Dell. And we saw Noah Brown, I think, get in the box last week, if I remember correctly. Probably just not a spot I'm going to invest in, but it is what it is. Uh, Daniel Jones likely back for the Giants. Also, Andrew Thomas, one of their best offensive linemen, if not their best offensive lineman, likely back. Waller is out, as we know. Tyron Smith likely back for Dallas is what we're hearing, but I don't think he's practiced yet, so we'll see. Maybe limited on Thursday, but I have not read the report yet. As I record this, Seattle looks like Lockett is going to be questionable with the hamstring. I think that's kind of just a weekly thing with him. He'll probably get out there. Phil Haynes, uh, one of their best run blockers, is expected to be back for that offensive line. And Leonard Williams, expected to play for Seattle. I low-key kind of like Seattle's defense at 2,400 on DraftKings, getting a high total game. Uh, sure, Baltimore can put up a lot of points, but Lamar can throw picks with the best of them too. And obviously this uh, revamped, Seattle defense could generate some sacks with a Russian quarterback like Lamar. So, I don't know, maybe a decent punt defense there. Uh, Arizona looks like Demarcado is highly questionable with a toe injury. Michael Wilson did not participate in practice Wednesday. Have not seen the Thursday one with a shoulder injury. We'll see there. Uh, this is an interesting one. The only good corner on the outside, if he's even good, like, it's, it's tough when you're surrounded by terrible corners in Indianapolis, but Juju Brents is out. He is the top cover corner on the outside, so we are going to talk about a nice punt play for Carolina in Jonathan Mingo and DJ Chark. Um, obviously, Adam Thielen's always in play, but he's 7,500, and we're probably not paying that much for Adam Thielen, hopefully, are we? I hope not. Um, New Orleans, James Hurst, offensive lineman, likely back. That should help Derek Carr. That should help Elvin Kamara, as if he needs much more help right now with how much fantasy points he's putting up for the Bears. Safety Jaquan Brisker is likely out with a concussion, and Trey Edmonds 
uh, linebacker there is questionable with a knee and ankle injury, it looks like. Minnesota, we obviously don't have Cousins, so Jaron Hall will be starting. And the Patriots, uh, Devontae Parker likely out with a concussion. Kendrick Bourne on IR with a torn ACL and left tackle Trent Brown is highly questionable with an ankle injury, so keep an eye on that. Um, should be no news to you that now everybody's writing about Demario Douglas. We've been talking about him for four or five weeks on this show. Honestly, maybe even longer. I think we talked about him like week three, but um, very cheap guy that we could have got for free um, after waivers even ran in our fantasy league. So hopefully got some Demario shares. I don't, you know, I don't expect the world from him, but a nice, safe PPR guy um, running the slot routes there for New England, which you can definitely beat Washington through the air anywhere, but definitely on the inside as well. But yeah, if you uh, got the bye week blues this week, you could definitely give Demario a start. So let's get into these games. A very small slate this week. I love that. I can get through this very quickly. So we'll uh, we'll start with the Rams at the Packers. Sounds like Matthew Stafford is not going to play. Um, I have not changed my projections right now for him. So, you know, again, that's just a situation to monitor. But if he's out, I'm not playing anybody on the Rams. Not playing the whole split backfield there with Terrell Henderson and Royce Freeman. I think Royce Freeman looks better, looks younger. Looks a little more fresh. I know he was kind of a, a highly touted prospect going in the NFL. I think at Denver's where he started and just never really got it going. But yeah, um, I'm going to continue to pick on this Rams defense. So the Rams run a ton of cover four, decent bit of man coverage at cover one, and a little bit of cover three, and they blitz a lot. So against the cover four on the Green Bay side, and yeah, Jordan Love absolutely sucks, but he puts up fantasy points. I got him projected for 221 passing yards. Not world-beating, but with this slate, if you want to get weird and pay down to pay up elsewhere, I don't mind using a quarterback like Jordan Love. Um, let's pull up some of the ownership. I'm sure there's none on the Rams side. They have an implied team total of 17.5. So, yeah, against a pretty bad Green Bay defense, it sounds like Stafford's going to be out. Um, but, yeah, 2% Jordan Love is what I'm seeing. I'm not touching that running back situation. Aaron Jones doesn't look right. A.J. Dillon can't move. Um, Romeo Dobbs... 2%, Christian Watson, 5%. Like, there's no ownership in this game. And Luke Musgrave, 3%. So, yeah, if you want to do, like, a very cheap stack, Jordan Love's fine. He's going to rush for 20, 25 yards, maybe even a rushing touchdown. Like, he can get to 3 to 4 to 5x fantasy points at 5,500. We've seen him do it a couple times this year, so it's not like it's out of the realm of possibilities. It's just he is bad at playing quarterback. So, you know, proceed with caution if you're playing Jordan Love. I'll definitely be interested just to... uh Give you some clarity on kind of where my head's at. But yeah, against that cover four, the Rams will bring a lot. That is advantage to the outside receivers, Dobbs or Watson, and a little over the baseline for Musgrave. Uh, against cover three, we'll see for the Rams as well. That is Watson and Musgrave. Against the cover one, that is Dobbs and Musgrave. Dobbs is pretty much the X wide receiver. I think I said Watson last week, um, but no, it looks like Dobbs is running those routes on the X. And then against the Blitz, Musgrave. So Musgrave kind of checks every single box. So if you need a punt tight end, Keeping on his health, he was still limited in practice, but he played last week. I think I had him out and even mentioned DeGora as a punt. Obviously, when you saw him, Musgrave activated Sunday morning. Hopefully, you did not play any DeGora. I think that's just common sense. If uh, if I have to explain that to you, then we have a problem, but reach out on Twitter if you have any questions for lineups and stuff like that. I usually uh, respond to everybody, damn near, if not everybody. So uh, moving on to the next game, Washington and the Patriots. Oh. Odds. Forgot the odds, Nick. What are you doing? Where are we at? Let's get to the odds on Green Bay. What does the board say? Here we go. Not in midseason form here. Opened up at a 42-point total. Bet down to 38.5. 
almost everywhere, and the Rams are a two and a half to three point road dog. So it's expected to be a back and forth slow game. So yeah, again, another reason to proceed with caution with Jordan Love or anybody in that game for that matter. But the Patriots hosting the Washington Commanders opened up at 40 and a half on the point total. It is now at 41 flat and 40 and a half still at some books. So not much movement there. Uh, last week, if you took note on the games that we mentioned moved upward from opening line to uh, on the total and those total points went up, those games had a ton of fantasy fireworks and we've been talking about that every single week. So if I mention a game that's been getting bet up significantly, I don't think there is one on this slate, but just in the future, I would I would just, you know, stop what you're doing, pause the show or whatever, write that down and just give it another look for some fantasy ownership because it is a it is a sharp tell for should be a lot more fancy points than expected. So, yeah, um, ramble over there. Washington's defense is going to run a pretty good mix of just man and zone coverage, and they blitz a ton. So for New England, like I'd love to tell you, I, I have coverage advantages here. I don't know. I don't know how much we'll see Tyquan Thornton. I think that he's going to be a viable play for the Patriots, and it's just in terms of snap share. I don't think we play him in DFS. But Demario Douglas is uh, officially the wide receiver one for New England right now. Um, should get plenty of volume. I got him for 4.08 catches. I'm sure his props are going to be like three and a half with massive juice on it. So no value there. Uh, may even bet up to four and a half receptions. I just think this is a very safe floor. Um, I got him for 45 receiving yards, but at 4K in DraftKings, absolutely. He is going to be a staple in my cash game lineup. I think in tournaments, we could pivot to another guy I'll mention in a bit. Um, but looking at ownership, looks like Sam Howell, um, the recency bias on the big game he had against Philly last week is going to continue. I see 7% ownership for him. Nothing on Mac Jones. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson, 15%. I think that's probably true. I mean, Washington completely traded away their defensive line, and Montez Sweat is a great run blocker. He's gone, so you could definitely use Ramondre. The issue there is how much Zeke do we see, but... Ramondre's got to be one of their top pass catchers this week. They just don't have anybody else, so I'm all for that. Demario Douglas, seems like everybody wants to talk about him now. Again, that's kind of funny. We were months ahead. Um, 20% ownership I'm seeing at 4K on DraftKings. I believe it. I think that's true. Uh, Terry McLaurin, 5,600, 15% ownership. I'll take the under there, but definitely still a good spot against the Patriots secondary or lack thereof. So you can definitely play, you know, Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson, Curse Samuel, I guess, if you want to. I'm not really interested in this game, but the total in the low 40s is actually kind of high this week, which is kind of fucked up to say, but it is what it is. This is a gross week, and at the tight ends, Logan Thomas, 3,500, 9% ownership. I think that's probably about true, and no one's going to play Jaseki or Hunter Henry. I think, you know, Jaseki's a viable punt at 2,600 if you want to, but especially if... Uh, Who's the lineman we were just talking about for New England? A Trent Brown, if he's out, like that's concerning to me. I don't know how much I want to invest in anything New England, but Demario Douglas for sure locked into my cash game lineup. May play him in tournaments still just because the volume's there and I may need the salary relief, but yeah, not too excited about that situation. Moving on to Tampa Bay. They are going to Houston, opened up at 38, bet up to 40. So a little bit of positive movement in the fantasy direction here, and Houston is a two-and-a-half point home favorite on the defensive side of things. I mean, I, I don't really have a whole lot to say. Houston pretty much just runs cover three, all zone defense for the most part. That is advantage to Mike Evans and Kate Otten. I don't think you really want to invest a ton in Kate Otten on the Bucks side. They run a lot of zone as well, pretty much 
all zone that is heavy cover three and a little bit of cover four and a ton of blitz. So against cover three, it has advantage Nico and Tank. That's just the receivers. That is what Stroud's been doing all year. Against that cover four, if they show the quarters, it should be Dalton Schultz kind of tearing up the intermediate part of the zone. And then against the blitz, that is advantage Tank Dell and Dalton Schultz. So I don't hate Dalton Schultz on a gross week where cheap tight ends are probably going to be in play. I just don't think that many people are going to pay up for Mark Andrews. He's probably the best play on the board at the position. But, you know, when A.J. Brown is finally starting to be priced appropriately, I think he should be 9K. Um, and C.D. Lamb, you know, we crush him last week. We absolutely love that. But he's in a great spot again. His priced up. Like, it's going to be tough to uh, to pay up at tight end unless you just completely fade that uh, the Philly-Dallas game, which you certainly could do if you want to get crazy. Moving on to... Clayton Toon in the Arizona Cardinals at Cleveland. Good Lord, what is this total? Uh, opened at 40, bet down to 37.5. Cleveland is a eight-point home favorite. That screams to me running backs, running backs, running backs. We talked about Arizona's run defense is terrible. I don't think I even wrote down coverage because I don't care about this game, but you definitely want to play um, Jerome Ford in season long if you got him. You want to play Kareem Hunt in season long if you got him in DFS. I don't know what to do. I mean, Cleveland's got a 23-point implied team total. Wow, that is uh, that is impressive. So you could definitely play Jerome Ford if you think he's healthy. We'll see if he's a full participant on Friday. And no one's going to play Kareem Hunt. I would still probably lean Jerome Ford. But at that price, 5300 and 5500 if Stevenson garners all the ownership, I think they're a GPP leverage pivot. Otherwise, it, it is what it is for me. If Deshaun Watson plays, I mean, it's a great spot for Amari Cooper. But... I don't think I really want to mess with Deshaun Watson right now. On the Arizona side, I mean, Trey McBride's going to get 5 to 10 targets somewhere in that range. I really like Najoku in this spot on the coverage, actually. Um, but I didn't even write that down. But I know that that's a uh, significant coverage advantage for him. And they traded Donovan Peoples-Jones, so he should get a little more targets. But no, I'm not chasing the points on Trey McBride. don't like this matchup for him. I think this game's gross, and I uh, don't really think I'll play Najoku, but I do think he's got a coverage advantage there against Arizona, who struggles to cover the tight end. Chicago at New Orleans. Tyson Badgent starting again for Chicago. Opened up at 42, sitting at 41 flat right now, and the Saints are an 8.5 to 9-point favorite, depending where you're looking. Again, home favorite running backs. Uh, screaming from the mountaintops if you want to play Alvin Kamara. The Bears' run defense is not bad, though, so proceed with caution. And Montez Sweat's there now, too, so... If you're playing Kamara, I mean, 8,100, he is the most expensive running back on the slate, I believe. He's got to do it with all, all the PPR. Like, I don't think he's going to rush for more than 55 yards. So I, I think his player prop was potentially in the 60s. I would lean the under there on Alvin Kamara's rushing yards. But Derek Carr, fantastic spot here, 5,700, 5% owned. We don't need to talk about Tyson Badger. You're not playing him. I have no interest in the the Bears running backs. I think we see a little more Roshan again this week, but 4,500, I guess not a terrible Millie maker play. Um, the wide receivers, though, Chicago runs a lot of cover two. That is advantage um, Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara. And cover three, that is Chris Olave and you know Rashid Shahid on the outside there and Alvin Kamara. Michael Thomas actually playing the out, outside a lot. And we'll see a little bit of cover one that is advantage of Michael Thomas and Chris Olave, but the Bears do mainly play zone, but they do mix up those coverages with the safeties everywhere. So um, no like pure advantage, but in terms of like who's going to see the most Tyreek Stevenson's Michael Thomas. So 4,700, my numbers love them. I see most projections sites out there have them for like the 10 to 11 point range. 
I got him at 13.07, and I was kind of conservative with Michael Thomas when I was going through these simulations that I do on my end. Um, the 80 model absolutely loves Derek Carr for the value. I have him 18 points flat. I'm playing Derek Carr in cash. That's the way that uh, my lineup shook out, especially when looking at ownership projections for today. That could certainly change by uh, by Saturday, but right now Derek Carr and Demario Douglas are certainly in my cash game lineup. I think most of the field will play Kamara. That scares me a little bit, but I think for like even if Kamara has 25, 30 points at 8100, that's not like that fantastic to where we're just going to die in cash games. So it's not like I'm, you know, using that for leverage to play Carr. That's like makes Carr a better tournament play in my opinion, but. It is what it is. He is still grading out as a fantastic value for me, so I'm playing him a cash. Moving on to Baltimore, we got Seattle coming on the road. 42.5 opening total, bet up to 44, 44.5 at some books. Baltimore is a six-point home favorite. Let's go to that. And Baltimore's got a relatively... New Orleans, very high implied team total, 24.75. So, yeah, definitely give Derek Carr a look. The guy gets like 20 points a game in fantasy, too. Gets no love from the community. They had the high... As high of an implied team total as Philly. So respect the New Orleans Saints this week. Love Michael Thomas. Love Chris Olave. Um, don't love Alvin Kamara, but yeah, definitely like him. It's Alvin Kamara. The guy could get nine catches and Taysom Hill, fuckery, all that good stuff. Another reason why I don't love paying 8100 for Kamara just because you there's so many options in the red zone. But I do like the price of Michael Thomas at 4700 He is one of the 80 models. Best values there. So let's go to Seattle. They pretty much are just run all cover three. They'll show a little bit of cover one against the cover three. We talked about last week. It's Zay and Mark Andrews and a little bit to ODB, Mr. Odell Beckham, but we're not playing a dusted Odell Beckham. If anything, bet Odell Beckham like receiving yards prop or something or to score a touchdown. We're not playing him in DFS. And against the cover one, Rashid, uh, Rashad Bateman. So uh, not playing him either. So maybe look at a prop for him. The guys we're playing are Zay Flowers and Mark Andrews. I have a ton of interest and Zay Flowers and Cash in tournaments, I don't know. I, I really respect Seattle's defense. Baltimore's got a 25-point implied team total. Like I said, I think my favorite play in this game is Seattle's defense just because they're so cheap and they have so many playmakers. And the game's going to be back and forth, throwing the ball around. Definitely a good recipe for pick sixes and stuff like that. Lamar coming in at 8,200 on DraftKings. The highest expected ownership for a quarterback at 14.5% is what I'm seeing now. Doesn't look like people are going to chase the points with Gus Edwards at 5,900. You could always play him. He's good to go. The toe injury is just something that held him back on Wednesday. He was a full participant today. Tyler Lockett, 6,200, 10% ownership. I think I believe that. And no one's going to pay up for DK Metcalf. So if you want a slate breaker under 5% ownership, play DK Metcalf. So Baltimore's going to run uh, cover one. That is advantage DK, like big time. That's like they all they throw is to DK Metcalf against cover one. So, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. He's huge. And if you're playing single man coverage on him, or maybe the safety leans over the top on his side, that opens things up for Lockett on the other. Um, but yeah, DK Metcalf, sub 5% owned, definitely in, into that. Uh, cover three, that Baltimore show as well. That is advantage Lockett. And then the cover four, that is Lockett in the J and Mr. Jackson Smith in the Jigba. So, it seems like the coverage would push you, everybody towards Lockett. He has 700 bucks less than DK Metcalf, but I don't know. Tyler Lockett just doesn't really do it for me. I don't know what my issue is with him. He's he's solid, like that's what he is, but I'm not paying over over 6K for Tyler Lockett. I guess it's not terrible, but I'd rather have Metcalf. Um, but I'm not going to prioritize any of them, but I do think DK Metcalf is a really, really good tournament play, especially if you're getting some exposure to this game. 
Um, no interest in Kenneth Walker or Zach Charbonnet. And yeah, you could always play Gus Edwards, like we said, but don't just go chase the points because he gets his points by touchdown. So it is what it is. Vikings, I don't know what to expect with Jaron Hall. Gonna gonna pass on that one in the Falcons side of that game. What is that total at? That's got to be pretty damn gross, too. 38 it opened. It is sitting at 37. And the Falcons are a four-point home favorite. I think there's a great spot for Kyle Pitts. Minnesota runs just nothing but cover three, it seems, and a ton of blitz as advantage Kyle Pitts and Jonna Smith. I'm probably playing Kyle Pitts as my cash game tight end. It's either him or, uh, well, I'm probably going to play CeeDee. So it's like I'm not going to play Fergie as well with CeeDee Lamb at tight end. So, yeah, Kyle Pitts, I think, is... uh, a very interesting play for tournaments as well, because I doubt he's got a lot of ownership, but like his grade in the 80 mile grades him as a very safe play. So that's usually someone that goes in my cash pool. Yeah, 4% Kyle Pitts. Fire him all the way up. Absolutely. Drake London, we talked about his injury. Keep an eye on that because it is a great spot for him if he goes. Um, but if he's limited or on a pitch count or anything, I, I wouldn't mess with it. Taylor Heineke should open things up for that passing game and the running game. So I think we finally get the keys Toss to Bijan Robinson, 6,100, just a stupid cheap price. So yeah, you could absolutely play one of the best football players in the NFL in terms of skill and raw power and yeah, everything about him. I'm, I'm all for it, but no interest on the Minnesota side. You could always play Atlanta's defense too, but Grady Jarrett's out. So um, maybe out for the year if I remember correctly, but I'm not going to play roll the dice on who gets more carries. I can't make and Alexander Madison, but maybe a tournament play you could definitely go to at 1% ownership both ways. On to the afternoon, we got the Colts going to Carolina. This game, I believe, has a nice total. Opened up at 45 and a half. I'll bet down to 44, 43 and a half at FanDuel. Um, that's interesting. So, yeah, um, Colts are a two and a half point road favorite. Gardner Minshew, how about that? Uh, this game, where the implied team totals at Carolina, 20 and a half. So Vegas finally respecting Carolina's offense a little bit. That's kind of gross to even say. Maybe they're just disrespecting the Colts defense because it is bad and no Juju Brent. So let's go through ownership. Jonathan Taylor, probably right around the 20% range. I think everybody saw the 12 for 95 last week and is going to fire him up against the worst run defense in the NFL. I'm all for it. He is in my cash game lineup. Chubba Hubbard at 5K pretty much got all the run. Uh, we saw a little more Raheem Blackshear last week, actually, and no Miles Sanders for the most part. If yeah, I, don't, I don't remember seeing him when I watched that game. Um, but Chubba Hubbard, 5K, he's going to be like 25% owned. He's a cash game staple. So I'm probably taking two of these running backs in cash. Um, but I have no interest in Chubba Hubbard in tournaments or anything like that. But this game could get out of hand because both defenses suck. So certainly you could play it. I'm just letting you know I can't play everybody, and he didn't really make my my tournament pool, and I don't anticipate that changing. Uh, Bryce Young, if you want to punt quarterback like I talked about Jordan Love, like you could you could do Bryce Young if you want to. But I don't know. He doesn't really run, so I'd rather just take the the three-point floor that Jordan Love offers with his legs if I'm punting down a quarterback. But – my play of the week this week, Indy runs a ton of cover three. Pretty much all they do is run, is run zone, so cover three and cover four. Against that cover three, that is a massive bump up in the targets per routes ran expectancy for the 80 model. For Jonathan Mingo, 3,400. I think he outscores Demario Douglas. I think he gets damn near 15 points. So Jonathan Mingo is my pump play of the week. In tournaments, I don't think you play that in cash. You get to DeMario in cash. I don't think you want to play DeMario and Jonathan Mingo together 
because I know in Discord, after people listen to this or read my article, they're just going to show nothing but Mingo and Demario together and some other slapdick like mid-tier wide receiver, and they're going to be like, oh, look at all these running backs. I got Kamara, I got Saquon, I got Jacobs, I got or Bijan, or, you know, don't do that. You don't want to play Mingo and Demario Douglas together, most likely. That is a recipe for failure. So use Mingo to bolster up the rest of your roster is what I'm saying. Adam Thielen, 7,500. Hell no, you guys could take that. I don't give a shit. I'm not ever playing Adam Thielen at 7,500. It could be the best matchup in the world. They could be playing a high school defense on principle, which could be a downside of my uh, my DFS action sometimes, is I am biased, but whatever. I'm letting you know that I'm biased, and I'm not touching that guy. So if you like him, don't let me talk you off him, because I didn't give you a reason to not play him. He, you know, he gets a tar- target upgrade. The guy gets like a 33% target share, so every coverage he's going to have an upgrade for the most part. But against cover three, that's a good spot for him. But um, Kenny Moore, I believe, is the interior cornerback for Indy. He does a pretty good job. So I think I want to – I should have wrote that down. But, yeah, either way, not paying that much for Adam Thielen. Michael Pittman, 6,600. Um, I don't know. Carolina pretty much just runs all cover three as well. I have that as an advantage to Josh Downs and the routes that he runs and the RBs. So the checkdowns of Jonathan Taylor or Zach Moss, whatever they do there. That's the only downside in Jonathan Taylor in tournaments is we will still see Zach Moss. So I like I prefer it, I think, in tournaments just to go down to Bijan Robinson because I don't think Bijan's actually going to be like 20% owned. I think Jonathan Taylor gets more ownership than Bijan. Um, but Jonathan Taylor still, absolute smash matchup. It is a better matchup than Bijan has against Minnesota, certainly. So... It's safer to play Jonathan Taylor, but I don't know. Is it safer when Bijan gets five to eight targets a game? I don't know. No interest in TJ Chark. He does have a matchup or a coverage upgrade against this with whoever's playing the secondary for Indy. Um, but, yeah, uh, Josh Downs, it is what it is. I'm probably not paying 5200 for him. I like Josh Downs. He's 39 to, like, 42 range. But, yeah, Mingo, book it. That is my guy. If it sucks, then let me know. Then we will go over to the Giants at the Raiders. The Raiders fired everybody. I think the OC, obviously McDaniel's gone. The GM's gone. What a disaster. Jimmy Garoppolo's on the bench. Don't know how much exposure I really want to get to this game, but both running backs has grade so damn well for me. Both these run defenses grade in the bottom four of run defense DVOA. Uh, opened at 38-point total, bet down to 37. The Raiders are a two-point home favorite. Uh, I'm not even going through coverages on this game. I mean, you play Devontae Adams if you want to play him. You definitely play him in season long. Like, you're not benching Devontae Adams. It should be a great spot on the outside against the the Giants. We talked about that in the write-up on Garrett Wilson last week. Uh, I worry about the volume a little bit. But Devontae, if he's going to be, like, under 10% owned, I think he's a fantastic GPP play. I hear everybody talking about him this week, though. It's like, you know, he had so many targets with Aiden O'Connell. Josh Jacobs had like 11 targets that game too. So they just passed. All they did was pass that game and they needed to. But uh, yeah, I like Devontae Adams a ton against this coverage. It's uh, Adoree Jackson and, and the rookie, who uh, Deontay Banks. Yeah, that good luck with Devontae Adams, man. Especially if he's like feeling loose too now that these asshole coaches are gone. I think it's a great spot for Devontae Adams. Wanda Robinson, 3,500. 12% ownership. Are people playing... Demario Douglas and Wanda Robinson together, like those guys combined have a ceiling of like 20 points. You don't want to do that. So not really interested in Wandell. You could definitely play, you know, Daniel Jones and Wandell and then just get studs everywhere else. Use Devontae as a bring back or whatever. You could play Saquon Barkley in that stack too. 
Like absolutely love Saquon Barkley, 7,900. This is a great, great spot for him. It's a great spot for Josh Jacobs. Both of these guys just don't leave the field. And I think Saquon had like 40 touches last week. So um, with Daniel Jones back, that should open things up for him a little bit. The receiving core, I believe, is finally healthy, minus Darren Waller. Um, we're not playing Michael May or anything like that. Um, I guess you could at 2,800 if you want to stack this game. I just, man, it keeps getting bet down. So that's alarming. I thought this total would be more closer to like 41, 42. It's just how bad the defenses are, but it is what it is. So moving to the afternoon hammer, the Raiders at the Cow, or I'm sorry, the Cowboys at the Eagles opened up at 46 and a half, bet up to 47. So barely any line movement there. Philly's a three point home favorite. Philly is just going to run. A ton of cover one, and so does Dallas. They both run a ton of cover one, and we'll see a little bit of cover two, cover two man actually for Philly, and a little bit of cover three when Philly does play zone, it's likely cover three. So against the the cover one man, advantage CD, man, fire him up. CD is going to keep balling against cover two. That is Fergie and Pollard. Jake Ferguson, I call him Fergie, don't know why. And then against cover three, that is CD and Gallup. And then against Philly's pretty decent blitz rate, CD Lamb. So CeeDee Lamb checks a lot of boxes today. Shouldn't shouldn't uh, be a surprise to you at all. He's their number one wide receiver. Dallas is going to play a ton of cover one and mix in a little bit of cover two man and cover three. Honestly, every single passing play, it seems like it's going to A.J. Brown. This guy's target share is absolutely through the roof. I don't think Dallas doubles him. I think they'll sort certainly bracket him, but he's just a zone killer now too. So A.J. Brown is just awesome. I mean, arguably the best fantasy wide receiver in the NFL. I got shit on, too, for having him at, like, wide receiver four, I think, in my preseason rankings. Uh, Shit on by some of the Wind Daily sports staff, too. Like, my own people. Come on. Um, But ownership, it's going to be a ton here, guys. Like, it is what it is. It's the highest total of the game. Uh, Jalen Hurts, actually, number one highest owned quarterback, 18%. I think people do pay up. I'm probably paying down at quarterback and getting more exposure to this game. Elsewhere, through the key contributors on the ground in the air, um, Dak Prescott, 10% at 6500 Pretty good price there. All for that. I'm not touching Tony Pollard. I'm seeing 18% ownership. He is 6800 We did talk about Tyron Smith probably getting back, um, but I'm not playing Tony Pollard. I, I just don't. I'm not a Tony Pollard guy. Like, I don't really like Lockett. I don't really like Tony Pollard. But the price is nice. DeAndre Swift, 6600 Cheap exposure to Philly, and they're fantastic offensive line. They are... Number three and run offense DVOA, so you could definitely get after that. Um, probably not for me. I think I'd rather just have Bijan or Jonathan Taylor for cheaper. Uh, A.J. Brown, I can't say anything wrong about him. I love him. I still think he's underpriced. All this guy does is put up 100-something yards and touchdown every single week. Six to ten catches. Like I'm, I'm playing him. C.D. Lamb, I love it. Like I feel like the field's going to be like, well, I'm just going to go to Devontae Adams and hope he outscores A.J. Brown. Like. Cool. I, I think that makes a lot of sense. I, I think it's a great theory play, but like the total's so low in that game. And if if Devontae Adams was five percent owned, I would definitely do that in my main lineup. But I'm seeing like twelve to fifteen percent for Devontae Adams. So if they're that close in ownership, I'm just gonna take the for sure thing in AJ Brown and get after it that way. But yeah, hopefully you enjoy the show. The tight ends, Dallas Goddard, sub ten percent. He grades out fantastic for me. Jake Ferguson's going to be popular just because, you know, everybody's going to see Philly um, grading, I think, dead last in DBOA against tight ends. And, yeah, that's a good spot for Ferguson. But he's really a guy that only scores points when he gets touchdowns. Unlike Logan Thomas, he gets, like, five to six catches a game. And why we wrote up Logan Thomas last week, like, I want tight ends that can get some volume. So 
it is what it is. But yeah, good luck this week. Again, promo code BGP for Underdog Sports or Underdog Fantasy. Uh, and good luck this week. Um, please like and subscribe. Do all that good stuff. And check out the article on windailysports.com. And go get them. <laughs>